0: I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet.
1: Friday night. So what are we doing? 9:47. Friday 9:47. What are you doing? Like what were you doing like, ten years ago? How old was I? Uh, we would have been. I almost said a totally wrong age. I almost said over we 29. But that's wrong. We were 26.
0: 25, 26. I was that was my best life.
1: 2013.
0: We were married.
1: Uh, oh, so it was about the same.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the same
1: thing. We're doing anything crazy. You know. Um,
0: it's so true. Yeah, we're still going used to this. What were we new... doing 15 years ago?
1: 15 years ago? So that would have been. We were
0: 21.
1: 2008. Oof. Oh. But we were probably working at the theater, or we were doing an improv show, or we were already drunk. Or we were doing two of those things together <laughs> at
0: the same time. Getting ready to go to McDonald's in six hours. Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, so it's Friday, September 29th, still getting used to this new schedule of running on, the show on Sundays and being able to be like, it's Friday night, let's, let's record, cause the week's necessitated it. If you're new here, we're married, we own a lot of movies, we talk about our marriage and then we talk about the movie. And, this week has been, like any other week, busy. Busy. Stressful. mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, action-packed. That's not true. Um, I got a lot of work today. That's about as exciting as the, as the week. And our yeah. gutters got replaced. That's what, that's what 36 yeah. is, is. 36 and married. Of, keeping track of what's happening there. Um, did we talk about... Yeah, because we recorded on Sunday last week. So we already talked about the Magic School Bus show. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. Um, I think we did. If we didn't, sorry. You're <laughs> me a review of it. Uh, what you're getting a review of instead is the movie we literally just came back from watching in theaters. Um, it's one of the benefits of us, you know, recording. We yeah, can give now, you, like, now, live, almost date. immediate thoughts on the things we go out to the theater and get. Oh, you need to get the movie. You need to grab the yeah. movie.
0: Oh, man. Whose turn is it
1: to read? That'll be determined who gets the movie. Sure, sure, sure. I think it is mine. Fuck. Uh, Hang on. Let me see. We uh, went to go see yeah, Paw Patrol, turn. The Mighty Movie. The Opening day, baby. <laughs> uh, we took Jillian, uh, despite the fact that, pardon my language, she's been a total bitch this week. Um,
0: yeah, she's sick. She's trying to figure out her way in the world. Yeah,
1: she needs to figure out how to have respect and and.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my! She's like
1: a mob boss talking about some guy he's gonna whack. She needs ha- She needs to learn how to have some respect, and so she needs to learn how to laugh You would never become
0: a mob boss with that kind of accent. Do it again? like. Baselian? Let me hear yours. She needs to have some respect.
1: That's just you being raspy. Have some respect. She needs to learn how to have some respect, huh?
0: Nobody's going to respect you. sound like fucking Andrew Dice Clay.
1: What I sound like is Andrew Nice Clay. Ow! How's it going?
0: Don't wake up Jillian.
1: I would never wake up a child because I'm Nice.
0: How's it going, Andrew Nice Clay? What have you been up to?
1: Not much, because nobody wants to see me being nice, but that's just who I am. And I'm loud. I still wear this ridiculous outfit. I keep gaining weight. (laughs) I'm kind of the inverse of the guy whose body I'm inside right now. (laughs) That's all. Goodbye. Um... I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> go, that,
0: get, go get the movie. I will.
1: I want to talk about Paw Patrol, the Mighty Pups. Oh, you do? a Mighty movie. Quickly. You do? No, I don't, but we oh. have to. I like, introduced them. We just lost our train of thought. Uh, yes, yeah, so we went to go see uh, a packed house. <sighs> Children. So everything I was just saying about Jillian, it, it's, it was a rough week for Jillian. She just, you know, she's,
0: she's a kid. She's a kid. She's, she's a kid. learning. She's still a
1: kid. Growing. Uh. But despite her being a kid, she's still one of the best kids. Because every other kid in this fucking theater was just talking non-stop at their totally normal voice. And I couldn't follow the story at all. Because of it. Uh... <laughs> Look, I will never bemoan a movie that is for children that doesn't do anything wrong. Like, Hero of Color City that we discussed last week is not for me, but at the very least... I have an expectation that what it provides for a child is meaningful,
0: and tolerable, and for tolerable, me to watch.
1: and entertaining, and that *In the Hero of Color* was none of those things.
0: Right.
1: *Paw Patrol: The Mighty Movie* didn't do anything offensive in terms of storytelling or, or insulting a child's intelligence th- except casting kim kardashian Ugh. um for four lines so when we ever do that movie, how far it is, can it give somebody an lvp for a movie because <laughs> <It's, laughs> she's gonna get it for that probably for the first one too so yeah it, 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 did it hold my attention and was i thrilled about it no but was it good for what it was yeah it was
0: fine i identified with rubble I, I know you Rubble's don't. my spirit animal. My
1: spirit animal, as I said in the car, was the guy three seats over from you who sat in Paw Patrol the Mighty movie as if he was watching his mother get tortured by the Yakuza.
0: Yeah, he was <laughs> he not was, happy. He was just
1: sitting there with his finger and hand on his temple and his head slightly down in his, like, fucking Bass Pro Shop hat <laughs> and his long-sleeve Who Farted t-shirt and was just like... I fucking hate yeah, that this was my week with the kids.
0: Yep, yep, basically because he had to
1: sit there and watch this hour and a half Paw Patrol movie. And what I didn't know was the ten minute Dora the Explorer short beforehand. If I
0: had known that, it I would have. So
1: much worse. We
0: were rushing to get into the theater. Oh, I would to get there. would have. I would have taken my damn time. I would have been
1: like, we'll actually take a pizza, um, yeah, some yeah, fresh yeah. nacho yeah. cheese. Uh, I have to blast this short as. For what it deserves. So, if you've ever seen Dora the Explorer, any of those Nick Jr. shows, it's one of those where the characters talk to the kids and the kids Mm -hmm. are supposed to yell back, like, it's right there. So, this does that as well in a movie theater, which is obnoxious, number one. Because you could be disrupting other theaters. Mind you, this isn't going to be a concern of mine when we go see Taylor Swift in two weeks. And people are going to be, you know, singing and dancing and doing fuck. whatever. Yeah, uh, That's why the cedars are basically being cleared out so yes. <laughs> we're going to be obnoxious. Uh, so that, that it's fine for them to do that. But at one point, spoiler alert for the Dora, the Explorer
0: fans out, uh, fans there. out
1: there for the uh, the short that airs before Paw Patrol, the Mighty movie. Uh, Dora asked the kids to say, you know, the, the swiper, no swiper. no swiping. Or whatever. So they're like, louder. And the kids do it again. Swiper, no and then this fucking little child b- fake bitch <laughs> has to be like, and the adults too. Put
0: your popcorn down and let's hear it.
1: And then like, like I thought s- I was
0: watching a generation sketch. Seven
1: people are like, swipe or no swipe.
0: <laughs> and then You did it.
1: I, I just like that though. And then she's like, now everybody, as loud as you can, it's like. I didn't come to the movie to en-
0: participate. I'm
1: not here to engage with you, movie. <laughs> I'm here to sit here, eat my popcorn out of my Saw X popcorn bucket, which was oddly the choice that they had, <laughs> and, and digest my Jimmy Johns after a long week. I'm not trying to yell at Swiper right now.
0: Like, let Swiper do his thing, man.
1: Yeah. So, uh, see, so yeah, it's so overall interesting experience. I also have, uh, I watched something this week, not a movie but I binged a three-episode documentary on HBO that I actually want to watch again with you because I think you'd enjoy it Um, per the recommendation of Rip Camalucci. Uh, It was something I already had wanted to watch when I saw the the previews and forgot about it. Uh, He only watched the first episode and recommended it, and so when I messaged him that I finished it yesterday, he's like, oh, cool, I'm on the first episode. I'm like, motherfucker, how do you stop on the first episode? It's called Telemarketers on HBO. Mm -hmm. It was... uh, Produced by the Safty brothers, but it was something that's technically been filmed and in production for over 20 years. It is a, a documentary about,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: the, the seedy world of telemarketing specifically for like charities and fraternal order of polices and eventually political action committees. And specifically the two guys who worked for this company in New Jersey, um, and just the wild shit that took place in this telemarketing office, uh, it was absolutely fascinating. The main character is one of my favorite like documentary people ever.
0: Okay, it's
1: it's hilarious and twisted and sad and uplifting. Can't recommend it enough. Check out Telemarketers on HBO. It's only three episodes, each one's about an hour. Um, that's why I was trying to frantically get Max for. Was I started watching it when I was working from home Wednesday. I was like halfway through episode two, so I was going to finish while I was cooking, couldn't get it on my phone, finally got it upstairs and finished it last night when I was uh, working on my comics. So check out Telemarketers. Okay. Anything else uh, that you've done or seen or want to talk no. about before we get in? <laughs> Why do you so incredulously say that?
0: When, with what time? I don't know. I multitask. Yeah, I wish. I do multitask, but it's all work multitasking.
1: I work multitask while also being able to watch. I can HBO documentaries. Yeah, maybe. I
0: can. Also, I'm not. I can't sit on the couch with my computer because I need three screens to do my job.
1: Well, I need two. I need three screens. Sometimes. I need three screens all day today.
0: Okay, that's not my problem.
1: So today's movie was nominated by you. Yeah. Uh, reminder to you at the end of this podcast. No, we I are each. I reminded forgot. you. This is the third or fourth reminder I've had.
0: You did. Enough time.
1: Plenty of reminders. Oh, we're both nominating movies at the end of this podcast Ugh. because we have our to round out our October slate. Even though this is technically airing in October, moving to Sundays, we still get four Halloween episodes here. So before we get in the Halloween mood, we are going to talk about Lil Women, the 2019 version, directed by Greta Gerwig. The best film of the year, says Joe Morgenstern, The Wall Street Journal
0: got to get over
1: here. Christ. See, oh, yeah. About to yawn, huh? Mm. Writer-director Greta Gerwig, Lady Bird, has crafted a little woman that draws on both the classic novel and the writings of Louisa May Alcott and unfolds as the author's alter ego, Jo March, reflects back and forth on her fictional life. In Gerwig's take, the beloved story of the March sisters, four young women each determined to live life on their own terms, is both timeless and timely. Portraying Joe, Meg, Amy, and Beth March, the film stars Saoirse Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, Eliza Scanlon, with Timothy Chalamet as their neighbor Lori, Laura Dern as Marmee, and Meryl Streep as Aunt March. An exhilarating gift of a movie that honors female independence at any age, says Peter Travers, Rolling Stone.
0: It's actually Aunt March. Not Aunt Mar. Oh fuck! <laughs>
1: I knew how to say Saoirse Ronan, and when I got there, I was like, "Don't fuck this up."
0: Don't fuck it up. <laughs> Don't fuck it up.
1: I swear to God, you, This is not one that. That's one that like not like Ali e Cravallo that I Who? like. Ali Ali'i e. Cravallo from that, Moana. Then you looked
0: up and, right. and had to practice. Saoirse Ronan
1: just one that every time like she's on TV, I turn the volume up to be like, "How do you say that again?" <laughs> just
0: in case. Uh huh. Um,
1: so you nominated this movie. Yes. Uh, tell us why.
0: Um. Big fan of the
1: book. So I have a lot of questions about that as we talk about things okay. in the movie in the process. But we'll get there. A
0: uh, big fan of the book. Um, it's been it's been a little bit of time since I read it, but you know, I'm becoming a lot more nostalgic with a lot of like books that I read that books and stories that I read that were important to me growing up. Um, just because you know Jillian's starting to get. You know, she, she is a bookworm, mm-hmm. self-proclaimed, and she's starting to get into stuff and, and um, you know, just thinking about reading the things with her and, like, going back and rereading them um, and sharing the stories with her. So, big fan of the book. So And I really wanted to see this when it came out. Um, I mean, the cast, the subject of, Little Women, the director, right? So it kind of like had everything there. We just never did.
1: Yeah, I mean, Um, 2019 was, in my opinion, the last great movie year.
0: Yeah, it was a great Um, movie year.
1: And But that was also, we had a three-year-old at the time, had just turned three. And, you know, with the the movie season and whatnot, we didn't get a chance to get out there and see as many as we wanted to. Um, But I'm glad we did it when we did now, after... Greta Gerwig just directed the biggest movie of the year, and is basically like the most popular director in Hollywood at this point. Yeah. Um, so.
0: So that's kind of why I have a really uh, affinity for the for the book, and so I wanted to see the movie.
1: And what did you think
0: then? Thought it was a good adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's very difficult. Uh, for me to to say that, right, because the books are always better, you know the books have more for the most
1: part, I would say
0: the books are always better
1: there seems like there's always like on three different subreddits, the movie subreddit, just the the general subreddit, like like the ass subreddit of like give me an example of movies that are better than the books. There's always some very interesting answers out there. Okay. It's, it's never, like, the classic.
0: They're class. wrong.
1: Well, no, it's never the classics. It's normally, like, sure. more modern stuff. Like, The Shining is an example. Like, they're totally different things, but a lot of people would point to that, or um, I don't know if any spe- other specific examples, but there's never you a case You can't tell for, me like, that
0: there's a movie that's better than a Stephen King book. Uh,
1: I mean, it just depends on your interpretation.
0: But, sure, sure, but, but that's sure. Not, but
1: that's never the case with people anything... Are dumb. I, I've never read the book, but I'd be shocked if sure. the book was not. You yeah. know, that's not the hair there.
0: That's like people say, there people aren't true Harry Potter fans if they've, you know. It's different because It's not movies. different. I don't care the Harry Potter movies while they were. This really is the argument good, that I'm making. You're not Adaptations to me. not nearly as good as the books. I did.
1: Jillian, relax. Listen to what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, I don't think that's the case for the classics like this. If you, any novel, basically from before the 20th century, mm-hmm. I think is largely excluded from that. So it's interesting to me that this movie, you know, multi-time Oscar nominee. Prestige blockbuster. I believe this was a blockbuster. Made over $100 million. No mm-hmm. easy feat for, you know, essentially a classic literature female driven adaptation to, to do. Yeah,
0: fuck you. No,
1: but that's not. That's, fuck
0: you. That's
1: not what makes money back then. I mean, now nothing makes money. But uh, so for you to be like, yeah, it, it was very, very good, but the book is still, it just shows you the power of literature back then. I was trying to strengthen well, yeah, your the the,
0: the the power of literature overall. Sure.
1: So you said it's a good adaptation. It, I feel it's like, a good adaptation. I feel like I there think was a but coming or well, a caveat coming.
0: No. Well, there were some things that you know w- or changed, were changed, altered, changed a little bit different, and obviously it's like a visual. I I never really watched like the other.
1: I was going to... Earlier adaptation. One of my questions, the most famous one is the 1994 adaptation. With that Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder got nominated for Best Actress for. I
0: never... I, I wasn't... Uh, never seen it? Into Winona Ryder then? Uh, well, you don't know,
1: have to be into her. Sure. It, no, it, I
0: never saw it. So my mom has this thing Okay. about movie adaptations. Okay. Okay? My mom's not a fan of them at all. Which is fair. Right? Like... Won't give them a chance. I'll give it a chance, and then I'll be depressed for years, like Beauty and the Beast remake or whatever. Remakes are
1: different than adaptations. uh, They are. 100% are. Okay, Because an adaptation is bringing to life something in a different medium. A remake is taking that thing that already exists in that medium and doing it a different way in the same medium.
0: You're completely right. Um, but my mom has a big thing, you know. Uh, really against the Are You There, Goddess Me, and Margaret movie that came out. One of the uh, best-reviewed
1: movies of the year. <laughs> I,
0: the Wrinkle in Time movies, like I you know, my one. mom's really protective of books and literature, mm-hmm. and um, so so, so s- I
1: inherited that.
0: Not necessarily inherited that. I wasn't really allowed to watch th- them, right? Like, who would I who would I watch it with? Well, and and like. I, was, I remember. I was eight. Like
1: I vaguely have this photographic memory in my mind of watching it in school, but like not necessarily watching it; it being on in the classroom because it came out in ninety four. Uh-huh. So I would have been seven. So it would have been out on VHS until really I was eight, which would have been like third grade. And my third grade teacher, we watched movies all the time, and like kids when they got movies could bring them in so like when the power rangers movie came out i brought the power rangers movie and we watched that shit in class because was like she just didn't really like teaching that day um but there was always like you could watch it or we had like little stations where you could play with blocks or you know play games or do whatever so i i vaguely remember seeing the little women clam show because it was in a clam show which was odd for a live action movie to be in um that wasn't like a disney movie uh power rangers was the same way uh, seeing it and it being on, and I me mean just being like, I ain't watching Little Women. <laughs> Even as like an eight-year-old, like it just didn't hold my interest. So I actually probably have seen it more than, than you have. You've never seen it. Um, so that was one of my main questions with how does this compare, but you you have no idea. I know the biggest difference in the movie and the book, obviously, is this movie decided to do the story in a non-linear narrative.
0: Yes, yeah, it, yes.
1: It, which... I think was very effective for the most part, but near the end became one of my major complaints about the movie. Is they didn't really do anything with the characters to kind of show you a passage of time. Yeah, it, and it was hard to gauge. Difficult
0: sometimes to know when we were.
1: Like at one when, point, when
0: when we were. The most yeah.
1: glaring one is. Uh, at one point, Florence Pugh is basically supposed to be like a 12 or 13-year-old girl, right? Oh, yeah, like yeah, Like, she's yeah. in a classroom with other, like, children of her age. Yes. And she's blatantly 15 years older than everybody else. Yeah. Um, So that, that made it, like, rough. But for the most part, I liked it because it really helped, you know, for... Spoiler it for a 230-year-old book. Uh, w- at the end of Beth's life... When you're seeing, you know, her first getting the illness and then well, yeah. dealing with it her getting in the present, fever
0: and then the the yeah. long term effects, and then and how then, her and Joe bonded, and then yeah.
1: the artistic uh, way of seeing. You know, Joe wake up and she not being there, and then going downstairs and he, her being okay. Oh, that, and that the, was... That, and then, then
0: the juxtaposition, the same scene, and it's just a different act. It's framed outcome. exactly
1: the same way. Beautiful. It's shot exactly the same way. The, Beautiful. The, my biggest, biggest takeaway from this movie is that Greta Gerwig is a fucking beast when it comes to directing a movie. She's amazing. and and, and She
0: has a vision. She knows what she wants it to be. She knows what people are going to appreciate and enjoy, and she just does it.
1: She gets visual style and filmmaking on a big scope so well.
0: So well, unlike And to
1: me, I mean, honestly, this is crazy hyperbole, potentially. But the closest I can think of to somebody that is essentially one, two, three, either four or five movies, I don't know if there was anything else... Besides Francis Ha, Lady Bird, uh, Little Women, and this, but you figure four movies in. I mean, the only person you can compare it to is fucking Spielberg. Like she's got, you know, with Barbie and this alone, and people love Lady Bird. We haven't seen it yet, but Lady Bird's not a big movie. This is a big movie, and Barbie obviously is a big movie. Um, but having that. I, you'll go.
0: You'll go to see a movie because she directed it. That
1: absolutely, one hundred percent. But also, once you're in it, she has an eye. Like she lives up to her reputation and and her name because she is providing you like a, a scope of filmmaking that it's beyond her years of experience. So this is her trajectory. Uh, who, knows who knows where we're going? I do think, unfortunately, that she, her trajectory is. I think she signed up to do like. Three fucking Narnia movies for Netflix or something. So like, I don't want her to get in that. I want her sure, to do like don't... the one for you, one for me type thing. Yeah, but but it always feels big, and that's what helped me throughout going... the movie. But
0: that's but like when you think of like literary like epics, right? You've got like the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You've got like Harry Potter, and then like the Chronicles of Narnia. Like it. It can.
1: I just don't want...
0: Yeah, but you you haven't connected with that material.
1: I haven't connected with it at all, but even if it was something I connected with, unless it was something very, very specific to my personal interest, like if Greta Gerwig signs up for a fucking Batman the Animated Series live-action adaptation, I'd be like, okay, yeah, here's my dick out, you know?
0: <laughs> you but
1: know. unless it's something, you know, that's a spe- that's that specific to my interest... I do have a bit of uh, enthusiasm malaise to these directors getting their bag and using it Mm -hmm. to do those things. Now, if I trust anybody to kind of rise above it, it would be her based on what she did with Barbie, but when I see, like, Lee Isaac Chung signing up to do fucking Twisters, and I see, you know, I see fucking Barry Jenkins doing the Mufasa movie, I'm just like... Ah, but you made Moonlight. Like, you made Minari. You made, like, these things yeah. that were personal and meaningful and deep. So, that that, that off my soapbox. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, the, I'm talking about movies that inherently aren't natu- naturally my thing. This is not one of them. I still thought this was a very good to great movie. What do
0: you mean this isn't your thing? You're not the target audience for a literary adaptation of the of, a, of, a of period an 1888 piece. book called Little Women that is about women Look. and has only one real male, one and a half like. Male presences. We'll say like two
1: because there's one main one, and then the other two are like halves. halves yeah, each, yeah. Um, so like two main. One of which male in the movie presences. immediately takes you out of which we'll get to when we get to it. Absolutely. <laughs> but the thing I can relate to the most is just a writer struggling with their voice. <laughs> I wrote a, a writer taking criticism in a negative way. Okay, movie, I can relate. <laughs> yeah.
0: But but that's the thing. But imagine being a woman. 1,500 years ago. 500 years ago. No. (laughs) (laughs) 230 years ago. Sure. Roughly. Uh,
1: No, that's still wrong. No, 18, no, it'd be 150 years ago.
0: 18, 18, yeah. 135 years
1: ago.
0: Yeah. All right. Imagine 135 years ago, Mm -hmm. and you were a woman.
1: Mm -hmm. What about it?
0: And you're trying to write. You oh, I wouldn't, wouldn't survive. Oh, I wouldn't do it. Okay, you wouldn't survive if you had lived 135 years ago.
1: No. Samantha, I couldn't survive being a woman tomorrow. Yeah,
0: I was going to say that. That yeah. was going to be the, the next part of my thing. Yeah, no. Thing. Yeah, absolutely not. Okay. Uh, yeah. Imagine how hard it was for Joe.
1: But but, good story is evergreen. Good storytelling is evergreen.
0: It is. and it.
1: And this movie has it in spades. It's... It, it has good pacing and good chemistry among the characters particularly in the first half of the movie the i would girls, say yes. oh, the, the girls all but, have this amazing charisma and energy to them like all, like the christmas scene oh, is it was fantastic a great of just scene. their excitement and they're all playing off of one another and then they all have this like shared disappointment but acceptance into what they're going to go do and help out for, for their mother's request and then they come back and they have this, like, donated feast from feast. from Lori's grandfather. Um, I love the scene where they're all pretending to be the guys oh, that in the attic. Great. That but, seems but, amazing.
0: And I think it's also coming from, like, I'm an only child. And when I think of what having yeah, three same. sisters would be, yeah. that's what I think of. Like, those kind of moments. But then also, like, the moments where they're fighting and beating the shit out of each other. And mm-hmm. I think that it's super authentic and...
1: 100%. Very
0: real and that's why it it transcends these generations and, and continues to be this story that everyone relates to and the you know it's about her writing the book Little Women like yeah. you know Louise May Alcott like made herself Jo or whatever and it's just like who would want to read like like it's the book's just about us like who'd want to read about just Our everyday lives and women. And it's like, well, that's why you should write it. Like, that's why it's important, like, for you to write it and elevate it. And I think it's so, like, the message is just consistent and there. And, like, that's also from the book. And that, 1888, that's the start of, like, you know, everything in terms of, like, storytelling and and all that kind of stuff.
1: Sure, I think storytelling started probably earlier. Well, no, than but, that, but. <laughs> I meant like
0: a, about these kinds of stories. Oh
1: yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I thought you were talking about just sorry, like in general, no, not right? in general.
0: No, like these uh, kinds of stories, stories. Sure. Like just about the mundane, everyday lives of women. Yeah. Because we say it all the time too. Like, and it's not just in movies, but like people have a hard time writing female characters, right? Writing their dialogue and them as people. It's not just a movie problem, you know, it's a book problem, too, people would say. Sure. Especially, like, when you think of, like, some of the famous books, like, what women are in, uh, like, A Christmas Carol? Oh, you yeah. Know? I, I, well, you know I, what I mean? Like, like there aren't I large female I was female literally female going to say,
1: I don't characters. know, I could tell you off the top of my head, a book that I've read That's that like is either written by a woman- Or- Or focused focused on a woman, right?
0: And so I think that this is also so important for that reason, and the fact that it's still relevant. Absolutely, and this makes it relevant for another generation of people. And I'll be honest, important.
1: I kind of referenced it a, a, a bit ago, where I was like, the first half of the movie to me was stronger than the second half of the movie, just because in the middle it does get a little middling. And I I think I have a bias to it because there's a lot in the middle about, like, the place of a woman in this time, and I, I just naturally kind of lost interest and grazed over You're it. You're such
0: an asshole. And then when I said it, like, I'm just an
1: asshole. Like, that that's what it is, is just having a natural propensity to just be like, yeah, that
0: sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, I, you know, the love you feel for me, but more importantly, the love you feel for your daughter and the world you want to make for her should be the reason why you don't react like that. Because reactions like that and the fact that people like you...
1: Hey, now.
0: White men. <laughs> cis, white, straight men. Mm, <laughs> are the ones who are in control of everything and always have set the course, that is why you... As we should.
1: Like <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Allegedly.
0: <laughs> conceptually, Chris. I was talking conceptually. I know. But uh, like, that's why you shouldn't react like I, that. I
1: know I shouldn't. And it, it's... it's I, I
0: know it's not... I know it's, it's not it's, purposeful. I know that's it's not pr- purposeful. That's the thing. It's not purposeful at all. it's not malicious. All. I know that. Yeah. But the fact that that's just... How you react—that says a lot about our society. A 100%. And it's not—I'm not trying to slight you at Inks No, I'm agreeing. Anyway.
1: I'm agreeing with you. You fucking you, shit. You, you had it right on the head, and that's why I wrote it down because I'm like, it has to be addressed.
0: It has to. And
1: here's the sick thing about it was once Beth's illness kind of happens, the movie takes on like a kind of a tone and a and a spirit that I was expecting the whole time. Like I didn't imagine so much of the movie to be whimsy and almost a little madcap like
0: yeah that's when life
1: when they're doing no not that that's life but for the time period and kind of just the motif that I always had a preconceived notion about the movie being I did I expected to be a little bit more like melodramatic whereas there is melodrama particularly with like this love triangle and this like sibling jealousy and you know the struggles of a woman in their times like it's there, but those things are very much fluffed up with what we just talked about. Charismatic, fun, engaging scenes with mm-hmm. talented actors. Um, so I was expecting a lot more doom and gloom in the story just based off of the time period and, you know, the subject matter of a, a group of women. Want, somebody's going to fucking die. I can just tell, you know. You um, never
0: knew that? No, I
1: I, I, I honestly, You don't know
0: anything about Little Women. I knew
1: nothing about Meg, the story jo, at all. Beth and Amy? Nothing at all. Nothing at all. So I walked wow. into this totally cold and that's why I'm glad I liked it as much as I did. Um
0: That's great. So when it you got, should read the book. So
1: when I I'm not going to read the book. Oh. Well cuz I I I I it's not a content thing, it's a style thing. I don't connect with that old style of writing. Like, when I was reading Jillian A Christmas Carol uh, a couple years ago, and she wasn't into it, I think it was because I also wasn't into it because it's so unnecessarily wordy and just, that's just how writers wrote back then. Yeah. Um, So for it to take an hour and 20 minutes to get to kind of what I want, what I figured the movie was gonna kind of be like... I was totally okay with that because I'm like, okay, well now it's getting to the stuff that I figured was going to happen. Um, And I'm, I'm good with that. So that said, the stuff I was praising the movie for earlier and some of those scenes, I think there are times where maybe just does get a little too zany and madcap and funny. Okay. Just, I, I don't know Why? It those are the moments where it feels a little too unnatural, just because I feel like it's dialed up maybe a tick too much. Minor complaint, it's a very very minor complaint. But a lot of that comes from like some of like Laurie's being and and ways and some of the situations that uh, uh Meg, Meg is Florence P. Right. No. No, Meg is Emma Watson. Yeah. Uh,
0: Amy is Florence Amy. Brady. Amy.
1: And some of the stuff that like Amy gets into and does, I'm just like, eh, yeah, you know, tone it down a bit. So that that's really one of the only things. But for the most oh, part... I disagree. Well, yeah, that's fine. For the most part, the, the pace is good. And, you know, the story is a bunch of sisters strewn about with different problems and personalities. I'm game, particularly when you have a dope-ass fucking cast of just some Ugly. of our greatest living actors. And even some of our... our are actors that are great that I don't think are particularly great in this movie, still just involved letting other people shoot their shot and and crush it. Yeah. Uh, I did find it interesting. I thought you were touching on something a a few minutes ago that I want to get back to about uh, Greta Gerwig and her style and also how it fits into the story and how the story was told at the time and kind of how this story is told as well, in the book, correct me if I'm wrong, is kind of what plays out at the end of the movie with the story kind of also what happened in real life to Louisa May Alcott, where she kind of had to write she, into the book...
0: She never married, yeah.
1: But she had to, in her story... Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Make Joe... Okay. Yes. So, in the hands of Greta Gerwig, who just made Barbie, you know, this incredibly... Meta look at women's place in the world at the moment through.
0: Louisa May Alcott was way ahead of her time.
1: Through. Well, I find it interesting that, like, the scene where Joe is negotiating, you know, her rights for her story and negotiating what happens in the story being a dichotomy to what has actually already happened to her in her personal life and kind of changing everything she stood for up until that very moment. I was just like, okay, Gridiger was number one, the patron saying to this point of women's and their staunch opinions of <laughs> of who and who they should not be with. <laughs> Cause that's a, a huge thing with, you know, Lori's yeah. character with both uh Amy and, and Joe Pryor, but also just this amazing meta commentary that to, to probably most uneducated people would claim is heavy-handed. Like, I think of all the dumbass, bullshit, far-right conservative people that had 30-minute videos on YouTube about what a piece of shit Barbie is because of what it said and did, and they're a, a bunch of fucking idiots. Um, but she has this really unique way of kind of being over-the-top meta mm-hmm. to an extent that it, it takes on another layer of, of meaning. Does that, does that make sense? Because that's what I felt like in this movie of... I, I take Don't Look Up as an example. People's biggest problem with Don't Look Up was how over-the-head and blatant its messaging was as an allegory for you know its purpose. And this movie does the same thing, but it does it in an adapted version of a story that's been saying that same story for 135 years. Yeah. And applying it to current day issues. Like that's fucking hard to pull off.
0: Super hard to pull off. And get
1: people behind it. Um, So the execution comes together so fucking well and the fact that it's juxtaposed to the novel coming together as well. I was yeah. really impressed with how this movie kind of just put it all together it in its it last together. ten minutes. Um, And also it was just a very, very fun, like, everyone at the end of the movie is kind of together. And we're coming together to make the the protagonist's mission come true. Everyone's getting, you know, I'll get the car and we'll get you there. And I love those sort of, like happy endings of like T works makes the dream work if i can borrow a line from fucking rubble uh
0: <laughs> don't step on my shit but a mighty
1: pups uh so yeah i was i was totally fucking down with that um i i could give or take her getting with uh what's his face at the end i, I Again, I've already just kind of covered the the point behind it, but yes. I think it's also because I didn't like that actor. Uh, he's on my OVP list, but we'll get to him in a second. Uh, I don't think it, it's going to be him because I have two other ones. He's
0: supposed to be German or something.
1: Well, don't, he was just mumbly and boring. Um, I, was,
0: no, I, mean, but, but he, I mean, it's hard
1: when he's up against Timothy Chalamet, I know. basically practicing every role he's going to play for the rest of his life. I
0: know, but...
1: Being this frantic ball Timothy of energy. Timothee
0: Chalamet brought Laurie... Oh yeah, it.
1: we're almost to acting. So, a couple things I wanted to mention. Uh, the one,
0: one of the one of the scenes that was he, in this movie and wasn't in the book. is the scene where Amy and Laurie, so Florence Pugh and Timothy Chalamet, are mm-hmm. are arguing um, when she's like packing up her stuff, and then she she says the um, the whole thing about you know. Her you know she doesn't have a choice like she doesn't have anything like all her stuff belongs to whoever it is she marries mm-hmm. and and um and all of that it, it's just really, really a beautiful speech, and I don't normally like it when people... Stray too far or add things. Um,
1: oh, so that wasn't that was a change or an addition that you actually like versus the
0: addition. Well, well, because I really like the message of oh, it gotcha. more than anything, and and also you know part of it was like the delivery. Um,
1: so I have a couple questions about a couple things that I. Didn't like storyline wise in the movie. That I'm curious okay. your thoughts on versus the book, and how you th- liked them in the movie. So the love triangle of Lori with Joe and Amy. So, swerve. That's, you
0: didn't think that he was gonna get with Amy though, did you? Just,
1: just give me a number.
0: A hundred and six.
1: Okay, I mean, I mean after the Fast and Furious sockets, it's hard it's, to yeah, you, know, come close. you can't
0: top it. But.
1: uh so that was a pretty accurate depiction of how it is in the book. Yeah. Okay. Um it was fine to me. I it didn't feel like but at the end of it that like I don't know, the, the result of it just didn't hit with me in the right way. I didn't feel it, it was with very those two.
0: Downplayed. I
1: didn't feel it with those two whereas I did feel it with Joe and Lori. And I don't I know think if that's, that's
0: the whole point. That's
1: what I was asking. I, I don't know. I don't have a feel for like the narrative so, to know.
0: The narrative is that Amy is a selfish brand.
1: The little bit of research I did afterwards from people's comments on like the movie versus the book were that the movie did a better job at making Amy likable. Whereas yes. in the book, Amy is not necessarily an antagonist.
0: No, but she's a she's a bit. But, yeah,
1: but she's hard to like.
0: Right, she's hard to like. She's hard to like. Her burning the novel. Oh, of course, like, yeah. Hard and to like. So
1: that that leads into my second question: Is the tension and the drama of the sibling rivalry of Joe and Amy felt necessary in the overall, you know, telling of the story? But felt a little forced at times in the movie to me, particularly like the book and some of the reactions and you know her falling in the water and stuff. Is it even more? Did I say the well, uh, right. the ice. The ice. Yeah. Uh, is was that pretty accurate to the book, or was there even more that could yeah, have done? Or yeah, I mean,
0: it's like the dynamics are are there. Like they're all protective of Beth, even though Beth's not the youngest. Amy's the youngest. Amy yeah. gets left behind. She's. Bratty, selfish whatever Joe and Meg are the closest they're the oldest
1: so I didn't feel that Joe Meg kind of gets put aside
0: Joe fights with Amy a lot yeah. um,
1: the moment that really makes it stand out to me is kind of being a lost opportunity to a certain extent is once Meg sorry once Amy comes back and her and Laurie are Are they already married? Like, they just got married on the train or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fucking 1880s. Uh, Like, their reunion and Joe's almost immediate yet still semi-restrained acceptance of it, and their kind of, uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Their reunion just felt off in some way. How would you feel? Well, the, and that's it was purposeful, but I wasn't sure if it was supposed to. It felt like based on the book and based on, I feel like, it not being fleshed out enough, it should have been more.
0: Like more, more dramatic?
1: Not dramatic. I just felt like the, right. the awkwardness that was there felt palpable and good, but maybe a little misdirected. Or maybe, or maybe needed a little bit more volume. Today.
0: Okay, but how would you feel if you just realized you were you loved the person who you thought still loved you? No, yep. they got married to your sister, and you're all gathering because your other sister died.
1: I mean, yeah, it's a weird. I yeah. Get
0: okay. I get it. So uh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like I, I mean, I get it, but like, it's not these... a straight story. It's, it's not like it's not.
1: And that's that's these, fine. Is it It's that,
0: complex and dramatic. Is that
1: also accurate to the book?
0: I mean it's not like it's just different because you don't see in a book. You don't see the tension. You don't see that. You you read it and you read like the thoughts.
1: I know how books and movies work. Thank it
0: doesn't it. seem like it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love having these philosophical conversations with you. Um my third question, because it came up in the in just that right there, was uh, Meg definitely seems like the fourth child. She seems like the Tiffany Trump
0: <laughs> of the
1: of the well, marches. She's the
0: oldest. She's
1: I mean, she's got married the, first. Yeah, she's, she's married first. Children. She's got the husband. Yeah. She has got the children. She has the financial problems. Sure, you know, and a certain expectation as to what she wants. Andia, yeah, yeah. um Was that accurate again to you in terms of like her importance to the book? Or was that more so we have Emma Watson doing this part? And I thought this is actually probably the most I liked Emma Watson in a movie, um, in this movie.
0: So, the books, it's it's kind of hard. And again, it's been a few years since I've read them, right? So, um, there, so Little Women is one of the books, but there is a series of books, right? Little Women, Little Men, Joe's Boys, like... There's a, a bunch of them. You know, uh-huh. um, my mom. You know my mom's bookshelf. Mm-hmm. You know the set like there's a set of like green books. Sure. That are always on her bookshelf. Uh,
1: I I know the shelf you're referring to. I just don't know the books.
0: Those are okay. it's the set of like very early edition Little Women books, like the Little Women gotcha. series and stuff. But, so she um,
1: maybe gets more play in some of the other books
0: than sure. But okay. Joe is the main character, right? Oh, Joe yeah, is Louisa May Alcott. Like she yeah. wrote. About herself, um, and it's all about perspective. So, so um, were, were Meg you, is still important. Were you like, fine
1: with her portrayal? I like I like Emma Watson. I thought she portrayal. was really natural and good for and Like my biggest complaint with her is a lot of times she feels like she's like trying too hard and comes off as really unnatural. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to gauge because she was a child actor doing you know very.
0: A very specific... A, a very specific
1: type of character. Yeah. So everything else afterwards has felt either way too boring and dry or, you know, just her stepping out of a comfort zone. This felt good. And right. She's not my MVP by any stretch of the imagination, but well, it's, it's hard to, hard it's hard it's hard to, to come compete up with... Three main people. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Was there anything you particularly did not like about the movie? Any scenes or any liberties taken or... Uh, Decision. No, I, I
0: mean, I, I really like... Maybe...
1: Perf- well, we'll, we'll, let's get into performances yeah. then. Uh, where do you want to start? You
0: can start with MVP.
1: I mean, it's it's really, really difficult. I ultimately will be fine with any of these. Um, so I have Chalamet on my list, but I feel like it'd be disingenuous to give a man the MVP sure, of Little Women. Sure, he did
0: good, but, but he's not...
1: He's not better than the other two. He, But he does bring not knowing anything about that character, like I said about the story, I feel like he nailed it. I feel like that is that character. He He's has a great charm and a charming, amazing energy to him. He could be
0: a buffoon and still be yes, lie, But he like... can still
1: be like kind of this intelligent you know heartthrobbish. Right. Type and he of... just
0: like is observant yeah. and yeah. I thought he was great. He was good.
1: This is really difficult, this is between the two. Sor- What's her name? Saoirse Ronan. How
0: do you say it? Saoirse. What? Saoirse. Sorsha? Saoirse. Scorcha? Saoirse. Saoirse? Saoirse? Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse Ronan. Mm-hmm. I, it's Saoirse. And it's not just because the role of Joe is the meatiest role, but she was... Riveting. In oh,
1: this she she role. is she a was, she is a tour de force. She, she is so goddamn charismatic.
0: Embodied this and yeah. It,
1: now I, I'm going to give but, this to. You and but I, agree. I
0: love Florence Pugh Florence as well. Pugh. I
1: I said
0: is it when we watched *Midsommar* as well, a movie that I would not like. A but beast.
1: I can't wait for you to see *Oppenheimer*. Not that she's like she's nowhere near as good as *Oppenheimer*. There are women
0: in *Oppenheimer*.
1: Uh, she's she's like one of two, and she's naked in every scene.
0: <laughs> so if she had told me that, I would have gone to the theater to see I, it with you. It's a great
1: time. Uh, <laughs> um, she is so she. Oh, they both were nominated for. I was going to say she was the one that got nominated, but they both were nominated. Neither one won. Uh, yeah, she is a goddamn like you could feel in the movie like how she's supposed to be this unlikable bitch and she's just so damn good that it's so hard to do it. The fact fact that it took me like 30 minutes to be like, she's supposed to be 12 year old in that scene earlier. But like later on when she's like coming back from like getting, you know, uh, messed with the teacher and like whining and moaning and groaning about it, she's so good at doing that that
0: yeah. It, it, it. You just, right. you lose but yourself that, in right. it. Right. And, and even, you know, even if, okay, let's say like they aged them up or whatever, like she's supposed to be like the brat. And like oh yeah. It makes perfect The one sense. you don't, the one you're not supposed to like, like the selfish one, yeah. the one who, you know, and like they did that it, it, with some of the dialogue and everything. But the fact that like you said, like they made her like endearing and likable mm-hmm. and, when she does like the ultimate crime and like burns Joe's book yeah. and like you she doesn't even become the villain no. at that and, and like she's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Like you're supposed to feel for Joe and like identify more with like the devastation Absolutely. not like yeah, you know what? She did what she had to do, man. She she was right. Yeah. She told her she'd get her back, like you know, and and Florence Pugh just did such a great job portraying Amy.
1: Now all those things said, it's still Saoirse Ronan. It's still it's, Saoirse
0: Ronan, but it, you know it's it's, it's... it's
1: a goddamn one A one B situation. So, uh, congrats to Saoirse. I think this might actually be the first movie of hers I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> really,
1: I I can't recall another movie of hers that I've actually seen. Let me let me look to make sure I'm not totally wrong and let me try not to butcher her name when I type it uh, there's
0: too many vowels together
1: <laughs> there's only three <laughs> uh, yeah so haven't seen Atonement haven't seen Lovely Bones City of Ember I mean we have many of these Hannah... Lovely
0: Bones was another
1: beautiful book
0: that was adapted into a movie
1: obviously she was in Lady Bird yeah so not not many Oh, uh, no, this is, yeah. And this is the first time I've seen her. So there you go. Uh, so search oh, well, it.
0: for the podcast. Didn't you watch Brooklyn?
1: No, I didn't see Brooklyn.
0: I thought that was an Oscar movie.
1: Yeah, it was several years ago before I was trying to see as many as I can. Oh, okay. And the things that normally, unfortunately, end up getting missed are movies like Little Women or Brooklyn that are just, you know not my natural cup of tea. I don't like period pieces. I I just have a natural disconnect to that because it just doesn't interest me. I don't know why. Uh, LVP. So I already mentioned I didn't like the actor that played uh, Frederick Bear. Just thought he was kind of mumbly and boring and I didn't get, you know, his charisma or connection to to Joe. Kind
0: of the point. That's kind of the point of the relationship. And I kind of
1: got that at the very end once they kind of got together, so that's why I don't think it's him. I have two other ones. I'd be curious to see who you have.
0: Well, other people who I don't think it is. Okay. I don't think it's Laura Dern. No, Laura Dern was great. I thought she did a great job as Marmy. That first scene yep. where she comes in... Call me mom or marmy. Mm-hmm. Everybody does. I'm not, and I'm like, not a
1: big Laura Dern fan. She always, to me, kind of stands what out. What do
0: you mean you're not a Laura Dern fan? I
1: just don't like Baron Davis. as a shout out. That's a, just a joke for basketball fans. Uh, oh. And no, she's always she hasn't. She feels out of place a lot of times. Sure. She feels like she's acting, and this she didn't feel like she was acting. So I yeah, like Laura. So
0: Dern. so I yeah. I liked I liked her performance. Mm-hmm. I love Meryl Streep as mean old Aunt March and I know you're going to say she's your LVP and you're she, wrong. She's
1: one of my two. She's not ultimately who I'm going to go with.
0: I think she did a good job of being the crotchety. I
1: think she was overacting to the fucking nth degree in this. I think she was playing it up too much where it didn't feel right at all. The for her very, very first scene where they're in London and they're on the carriage and she's just fucking going for it. You know what it reminded me of? is that scene in No Country for Old Men where uh, What's-Her-Name is in the car with her mom, and her mom's like, I got the cancer! like It's that really over-the-top, I'm old and crotchety type thing. And she did it in every fucking scene she was in. Uh, So I thought she got outclassed by every other actress she was with in this movie. Um, Not my LVP, though.
0: Those are some really big... Big word you're saying against the Meryl Streep, our greatest living actress. I don't think she is anymore. I, eh, who, I, has, who has more Oscar nominations than her?
1: That doesn't mean that she's still currently our greatest living actress. She might be our most legendary actress living, but I would put fucking, I mean, I would put Florence Pugh above her as an actress right now on like a consistent level. And there's others, too. Fucking Emma Stone and fucking... Uh, who's another one that's been winning? Frances McDormand. You know, just for a couple examples. I've liked them in things more recently than Meryl Streep. Well, yeah, counting, only
0: because Meryl Streep lives her best life and she does Mamma Mia.
1: Not, I'm not i not counting only murders. I think she's fine in only murders. But um, my LVP of the movie is Bob Odenkirk. Because as soon as he comes to the movie, I'm like, that's Bob Odenkirk! <laughs> He's... He... Is I don't know so why. Not the right person for that part.
0: Not the right person.
1: It, I don't think he necessarily even does that bad of a job. He does have one line reading at the dinner where I'm like, "That's not indicative of the time or the character that you are." One hundred percent. It's just a really bad choice. Of it's the. I think I've said this on the podcast before. It's the Al Bundy thing. There yeah. was back in the early '90s. It's like dramatic. Like police thriller movie, and like there's a shot of a guy walking into the scene, and it pans up, and it's fucking Ed O'Neill, and the test audience is bust out laughing, yeah, because they're looking at Al Bundy with his hand down his pants, but he's trying to be this serious guy, and it took him twenty years to get away from that, and the way he got away from it was just being an older like comedic actor, right? Yep. Odin Kirk is a very good actor. Have we've come to find? Yes. But he saw, Or he's something close to it, like the, the uncle character he plays in the bear. Or he's, you know, his old uh, Mr. Show character. He's not this paternal, grizzled war guy coming back to his girls. And they build that moment up, too. So I didn't know Odenkirk was in this. And they're building up throughout the whole movie... Their dad's fighting the war. When's he going to come back? Is he going to survive? He's getting hurt. So I was expecting, like, I don't know who I was expecting who fits. So when Odenkirk walked in that door, I was like, fucking what? Yeah. That's just not it. It's I appreciate trying to get an actor for the moment. You don't get Bob Odenkirk. So that's why he's my LVP. He just did, He didn't fit. His delivery, his just aesthetic just wasn't the movie
0: wasn't about it yeah
1: do did you have somebody else or no. that that's who yeah. you were gonna say i
0: mean some of the bit parts like uh the fred guy that amy was gonna get engaged to fred vaughn oh i think
1: you had like two lines yeah i know character.
0: just you know like
1: eh. somebody who also is not i want to shout out to jane hattachell as uh the not the nanny or the maid or she was yeah like but she the, was good like, uh, yeah. i like she's one of our she's another one of those like Greatest living actresses, but on like a Broadway sense. Like, she's mm-hmm, always nominated mm-hmm. for Tony's and doing shit. She was famously just recently in Only Murders as well. Uh, we're we missing. I like the actress who played Beth. I wish she had more to do besides just kind of be sick and play but the that, piano. But that, that's
0: kind of the character. I
1: thought it was going to be Chris Cooper because in his very first scene.
0: I liked Chris no, he Cooper Oh so my! The very, very
1: first scene because he's because the character you're kind of led to believe he's this curmudgeon you know...
0: All about perception.
1: Stuck-in-his-times kind of character. And then when he gives them the, the Christmas feast and he becomes part of the family and you find he's mourning the loss of his daughter, you know, his connection with Beth and the way that he kind of plays this, like, sage-wise old paternal figure in the absence of their actual dad. Yeah, I thought he was great. I was like, hell yeah. Go, let's fucking, let's go, Chris Cooper. Um, not, I mean, he's good in everything, so I was glad that was wrong. So, yeah, it's Bob Odenkirk, unfortunately.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'll never, I'm shocked I I didn't react big enough where, like, you noticed it, because I was sitting here like,
0: what? I didn't know that was coming either. It was surprising. It was so
1: weird. He walked in the
0: fucking saw. (laughs)
1: And even at, like later on the end of the movie where he's just like hanging out and around, he just he just, just sticks out like a sore thumb and everything, so. Uh yeah, sorry. Right. Um one last thing I wanted to mention. When uh Aunt March dies and they're going through the house, I swear to God that was Xavier's School for Mutants. It looked exactly like the house that, it may uh, have been. that Wolverine walks through at the end of Days of Feature Pass when like they've saved the the day from the Sentinels and he comes back to the present and everything's changed and everybody from X-Men The Last Stand is like alive again, I could have sworn that was the exact same house. It was laid out and they shot it exactly like that building in like three or four different cases. So if, if it was, I'm going to look that up afterwards and fucking A. Good good job on you, uh, Set. Hmm? Um, I believe the only Oscar this won was Best Costume Design, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, but I dug it. I, you know, I don't have much else. I'm
0: so glad to hear you say that. Say
1: it. I will always, always give it up for just a good fucking story and great actors crushing it. And that's what this movie does. And some amazing directing. Um, so I will go ahead and score it because you nominated it. I'm giving this movie an eight.
0: Wow. Oh, yeah, I'm it's, this movie and not. That may seem a
1: little that may seem a little low based on how much I was praising it and what I had kind of said in throughout the movie, but I still have a natural, like I said, disconnect to the material that if I'm wandering too much in a movie, it's hard for me to gauge if it's because of my own biases or if it's the movie's fault mm-hmm, in general. So mm-hmm. I naturally kind of dock a point for that. So it'll be an eight and a half for little women. Wow. You said a nine, right?
0: I did. Okay.
1: Eight and a half for little women. It's been a it's gonna be an interesting we still have three months of this year to go in terms of what the some of the recognition at the end of the year is gonna be. We've had some big, big scores in movies. We uh, sure have. We won't do that next week. Uh <laughs> next week is finally Birdemic 2 and Birdemic 3. We're going to be watching at least one of them, if not both of them, tomorrow.
0: Oh, gosh. I'm
1: so excited for that.
0: Can't wait. Uh,
1: and then we're going to do Psycho. Um, probably one of the greatest, quote-unquote, scarier horror movies of all time. And then we're going to watch the two movies that we're nominating now. We each get to pick something to round up Halloween.
0: We get to just pick one thing?
1: Well, we're going to nominate and the other person gets to oh, okay. pick. Just like we normally would. So it's so we my, my turn next. We'll watch that movie first. And then we'll watch yours. Okay. So the two movies I'm nominating, um, I'm going to pick two movies. Uh, one of which they're both related to. So one is uh, a quote-unquote remake or a sequel of a classic kind of prestige horror franchise. But we
0: can't watch sequels.
1: Well, we don't have the other movie, so it doesn't, oh. we don't. It, it doesn't matter. Um, the other uh, is. A classic prestige horror film that has a quote-unquote sequel or you're imagining coming out. So my nominees are Candyman, the uh, new one that came out with Yahya Abdul-Mateen two years ago, Uh and The Exorcist.
0: You're a fucking asshole. It's Halloween, baby! You're an asshole. You're going to make me tell that Exorcist story on the podcast?
1: I would love to, because also... Truth Untold, never seen the Exorcist before. You've
0: never seen the. All right, we'll do the Exorcist. Then.
1: Yeah, because also I. I so very the last much... time
0: I watched the Exorcist, uh-huh. full disclosure. Uh huh. Same night, we found out uh-huh. we had termites in our house.
1: Wonderful! Can't wait for this house to burn down uh, when we watch that movie.
0: Carly was there.
1: <laughs> we'll we'll call her in the middle of the podcast. I am very interested in the new one. So I wanted to watch this one, at least, that, to know what was going on. So I'm glad you picked it there.
0: fucking hate you, man. Keely, <laughs> you're going to make me I was, watch that.
1: I looked through our movies to try Ugh. to, like, force you to pick it. Because I was going to be like, all right, The Exorcist or Chairman of the Board with Carrot Top. Like, not even
0: pick a horror movie. <laughs> I want to pick that.
1: I was trying to trick you, but I knew, you know. I was going to uh, do, uh, I'll say after you nominated, I was going to do something else, but I just didn't want to watch it. <laughs> so when I saw Candyman, I was like, okay, I can frame it that way at least.
0: Ugh, I hate you. So The
1: Exorcist will be uh, in two weeks' time. What are you nominating?
0: I'm going to nominate The Craft.
1: I don't think we own The Craft. We have a list of movies. It's
0: tonight. on the list of movies.
1: I must have bought it for you. Then, but I'm pretty sure... Let me look. Hold on. Okay.
0: I, I don't. I'm I mean, just, it's I, on the list of movies. Okay. Or uh, Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. <laughs> Both Halloween-related ones about witches and ones about were-rabbits. What? At least mine are funny. Oh, wow. At least mine are funny.
1: Wow. Um... Hold on, I'm just looking up something on The Craft. Is The Craft technically a horror movie?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: A teen supernatural horror movie.
0: Yes, it is. It's a horror movie. Have you ever seen it? It's a horror movie. Especially when you're, you know, young teenage girl... And you're into witchcraft.
1: I mean, I'm picking Wallace and Gromit: The Curse of the were but I love that movie. Good. <laughs> and also, I know Jillian. I know likes, Jillian
0: likes it. That's why, like, one of the reasons. I mean, why we I have
1: enough between Psycho and uh, The Exorcist to do like a through and through. So we actually depend. Oh, but I
0: like The Craft, though it's not really scary.
1: I've seen I've seen bits and pieces of it on TV, and it's just it's mad at me. Uh again, it's just.
0: You're Look, how many ac- all
1: female fucking cast movies I gotta sit through here? All right,
0: as many as it takes.
1: Fucking give me stop motion dogs that don't
0: talk instead.
1: <laughs> but Jillian saw something Wallace and Gromit at school. I think it actually might have been this movie. Um, and I have a funny story about Wallace and Gromit. The reason I saw it with Tony Colt in the theaters uh, when the movie we were supposed to watch broke down, and the only thing that was playing was this. We're like, "What? Because <laughs> we're gonna see Wallace and Gromit at ten thirty at night." We loved it. So it'll be nice to do a, a kids movie. I think last year we did the Adams Family movie, so we get to do something with Jillian as well. We may swap that, so we might do yours first, um, depending on
0: okay how
1: the, how it works out with our weekends to watch it. Um, and also, The Exorcist might be a more appropriate, like actual Halloween week episode than fucking Wallace and Gromit. Sure. So we'll see. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Married Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Patreon.com slash for bonus content. Facebook.com slash Movies. At MarriedWMovies on Twitter. MarriedMovies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. If you were in the Orlando area over the course of October, we got two toy two. shows. Saturday, October 7th. Yes. At the uh, Osceola Heritage Park in Kissimmee, Florida from 10 to 5. That is all toys. And then Sunday, October 22nd mm-hmm. at the VFW on Goldenrod. That is a Funko-only show. Come buy our stuff, please. At Small 38 for me on Instagram. For you.
0: At Sam.
1: And, yeah. That's going to do it. It is the tis the season. We haven't said, well, it's a Greta Gerwig podcast. We can go ahead and tell people for Halloween. we finally settled on, after many different uh, ideas. And not being able to find the right sizes of things. uh, And also trying on a fucking mask that I feel like my face still smells like fucking (laughs) You got
0: stuck. You were starting to have a panic attack. Well, because. With that mask on, you couldn't figure it out. We were going to be the
1: Maitlands and Beetlejuice. And I, we went to a spirit Halloween that was 97 degrees and I tried on the, the mask. It was way too small. The eye holes were literally the size of M&Ms and I was suffocating in it because it was so hot. <laughs> they
0: weren't that, well yeah, that spirit Halloween, they didn't have the air No, on. and it that
1: mask just... smelled like a fucking rubber factory. Like <laughs> literally I felt like it smelled like I stole a box of condoms. Uh, so instead, we are going to be, uh, you're going to be Weird Barbie, Jillian's going to be Western Barbie, and I'm going to be Skating Ken, so, uh, we're going to be fully topical this year for our, our costumes. We sure are. Oh, we also have to, uh, Echo? Only
0: if I order it. I had
1: Jillian Halloween costume to my shopping list, because she wants to be Jillian something else Halloween for Trunk or, trunk or Treat, because our child has to have two Halloween costumes, that's...
0: It's your fault. You
1: still haven't ordered your fucking costume. No, I'm
0: ordering it right now. Order your
1: goddamn costume.
0: Ordering it right now. Leave me alone. Sign off
1: for the show, then order it.
0: Okay. For mullet. This is mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch
1: Splash the movies. I told uh my friend at work Allison uh, what we were being for Halloween. She's wearing like these sparkly pink shoes, and she's like, "Please send me pictures of Sam as weird Barbie." I'm like, don't get your hopes up on flexibility.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I'm not. I can't do that. Is that what people are going to expect of me? I I have to change my costume. We should
1: give you, like, remember how you had to make that leg hand thing for Generation? (laughs) You should
0: should, (laughs) should,
1: should have a floppy leg. I
0: should have a floppy leg. That would be hilarious. We don't
1: have time for
0: that. (laughs) I'll make the fucking time for that shit. That's hilarious.
1: That's what you'll make time for? You don't make time to buy the costume. You'll make time to make an addition to the costume. I'm going to buy a fake leg. Pain, Pain in the ass.